Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Julia Hickman, you are the founder of Julia Hickman and company found on the web at juliahickman.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to chat today. Yeah, I'm excited. I've enjoyed the pre-chat that we just had. And um, before I, we kind of continue that conversation, do you mind sharing, Julia, at a very high level? Tell me about Julia Hickman and company and the services you guys are providing. Yeah, so we are still a relatively new company. Um, I started the business just a little over a year ago from the date when we're recording this. But it was really this uh, desire to help entrepreneurs, business owners share their voice, share their soul message with their ideal people, and to help them focus on their brilliance. So that way they, you know, they can show up in their best their best light, their best energy, and we can help them with all the, all the pieces that it takes to get a podcast going and running and, and really, um, fitting into the, the overall business strategy that these, um, business owners are looking to, looking to achieve and looking to, to, um, to get for their business. Um, and it really came to me because I actually start, I had a, a previous business, my first business. And for that business, I did a lot of podcast guesting. So I got, you know, I got my, 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 yeah, I dipped my, my toes in the water, um, with that for several years before, before I started my business and then even started my own podcast before I had the idea to start this new business. So yeah, that's a little bit about how that came about. It sounds like you've got a bit of a, a marketing background. Um, some of this was in corporate and you were exposed to a lot of um, um, different ways of being able to market to different customers. And I think it's interesting that you're serving um, this this pod, podcast audience that's out there. And then I'm also hearing with these larger companies that are out there, 
they're starting to dip their toes into podcasting. And I think it's interesting that they can just add one more tool to their arsenal. But I imagine that the way that um, maybe some of those messages are shared or maybe the approaches are, could they be similar or could they be different compared to a solopreneur versus some of these larger organizations that I've worked with over the years? They're 500 million and, and bigger, but they're still using the same tools, which is podcasting and sharing the message in a whole different kind of format than traditional marketing that we've seen in the past. Do you want to talk a little bit about maybe some comparisons or similarities between the two? Yes, definitely. So I just, I've been really getting um, consistent with using LinkedIn as my own marketing tool recently. And one thing that I've been noticing is that larger corporations, larger companies are starting to launch their own podcasts. And I've been sort of doing my own little research um, and I'm comparing, I'm looking at what I'm seeing, um, whether it's past employers of mine or employers of, you know, acquaintances and friends on LinkedIn, and then either my clients or other smaller entrepreneurs that I know. And by smaller, I'm talking about like, you know, under 2 million. Uh, so the one thing that I see is that, and I think like one opportunity that bigger companies have is to really add more of like a human element to their podcast, because I see some companies and they're, they're sort of selling, they're sort of sharing a lot of like, this is what we do. This is how we work. And it's almost like, you know, there's not much being shared about the host. And I feel like that could be a great opportunity, especially if, you know, a lot of times it's the CEO of the company who is running the podcast. And I've got to imagine a CEO of a, you know, 300, $500 million company. They're very busy, right? And they want to maximize their time. They want to use their time efficiently. So, you know, there's different ideas that like I would have for a large company like that. It could be, you know, having somebody else be a host. So that way they can split the responsibility of the CEO, is, you know, wants to take some time off from hosting the podcast. Somebody else can be, can be running the podcast as a co-host. Um, and then also just sharing a little bit more of like the behind the scenes. I think that is one thing that entrepreneurs, like some of my clients and some other podcasters that I know that they do really well is they really share the behind the scenes. They share the mistakes that they've done. They share the, the, the bloopers, you know, they share some of the, the things that they're struggling with that maybe are not even business related. They share about like, you know, something difficult they had with their kids or something that happened with a spouse, you know, something, those are the stories that help us connect with others. And I think that is a huge opportunity for um, for companies is to really add a little bit more of that human element to be able to really connect with their ideal audience, whether that's, you know, clients or um, partners, investors. Um, that's really something that's never going to stop um, having, a, having a priority in, in that connection piece. I think that's a great point. Um, as people are, are looking at exploring this podcast avenue, we can get really rigid with the way marketing maybe had been executed in the past of talking about the, the solutions all the time or the products or the problems and whatever it is. And there's a human element. And as somebody I've spent, I know you've been in corporate, 
I've been in corporate, you know, a long time, couple decades. And what I'm learning is, gosh, even in big banking. So I was in big banking for a long time. And as we we look back at that, it's all, you know, we're all offering services to solve problems. But what makes us different, even in banking, and what was allowing us to grow the business were the relationships that we built. And that truly was the one thing that differentiated us a lot of times was the relationships that we're building. And podcasting could be an avenue um, for some of these businesses, which has a low entry point to be able to get in there and just begin to experiment with this. And I always like to say, you know, we can date it for a while before we marry and commit to it. And, um, you know, you look at the numbers and the research of how many people are out there podcasting, but how many are actually staying in the game and and how many are actually consistently creating. And I think, you know, when you dig into it, there's a great opportunity to be able to share your personal story within that business to connect with people, to be able to grow. And I think that's a great way to to build trust. And I know, you know, as as we talk about growing business and looking at creative ways to connect, um, Building trust is is a great way to do that. And I know you have a podcast called Elevated Fems Movement. It's a way for you to be able to share your story and, and your journey there and be able to highlight others and um, successes along the way. And, and with Business Vitality, we're all about how do we share successes and things that are working and not working and keep paying it forward. And so, you know, podcasting allows the human connection. Um, and then it also builds trust. Do you mind talking about a little bit of, of maybe some best practices around building this trust and, and how it's working for you. So we can, you know, just keep remembering these good practical applications that are out there. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. So I think as, as business owners, we want to, we want to work with the, the ideal people for us, right? Um, you know, I guess there's different businesses, some businesses, you know, they'll, they'll work with a wide variety of people, but the more niche you are in your company, the more that you try to like reach and really attract a certain type of person, right. Or a certain type of individual. And that requires really earning that trust, right. Especially if you want to have this person be a long-term part of your company, uh, so one thing that I found for me helps build, build trust is it goes back to that human factor and it goes back to being authentic, being authentic and sharing how I got to where I am sharing my struggles. So my podcast is actually a great example of that because when I started my podcast, I was, I had a different business. So my first business, I was a lifestyle and fitness coach and I worked with entrepreneur entrepreneurial women and career women. So those were my, my two, um, my two niches that I served. So when I decided to start this new business, I actually put pause on, on the first business, kept some clients, but you know, no longer marketed that business, but instead of completely changing, or I'm sorry, instead of like shutting down my podcast completely, I decided to just rebrand it. And to me, that was because I already knew that there were enough of, I, and I, there was already enough of an ideal audience listening to that podcast that could still benefit from a podcast that now it was going to be more about business and marketing and podcasting. And instead of like starting all over, reinventing the wheel again, I said, look, I already have people who are listening to me. They want to learn from me. 
yes, they're probably interested in, you know, wellness and, and that more of that stuff, but Hey, they might also be interested in this because if they're an entrepreneur and they're interested in maybe starting a podcast down the line, or maybe they have a podcast, but they're looking to learn how to maximize it and how to get the most out of it, this still fits. Or if they're a career woman and they're working in corporate, they don't have their own business, but they're still maybe interested in creating their own personal brands and really like learning how to stand out in their career so they can elevate to that next position or to that dream company that they want to work with this can still apply to them. And so that to me is also part of like earning that trust and keeping that trust and letting them know like, Hey, I might not be able to help you with this anymore, but now I can help you with this. And I'm still, I'm still talking about self-care. I'm still talking about wellness. So it's not like I'm completely done sharing the message that I started out with. It's just evolved now. So I think that's, that's an example of how I've been able to, to do that with, um, with my work. And that applies to, I think, almost anything. So whether it's, you know, a company that is looking to add on a new service, a new branch of the, of the company, right? You're, you can still find ways to tie in that philosophy that you teach, right? So in my, in my fitness business, I had this philosophy and it was that I help busy um entrepreneurial and career women make fitness improve, but not consume their lives. And now in my business at Julia Hickman and co, what we do is we help entrepreneurs make business improve, but not consume their lives. So it's still like a very similar philosophy. It's just, you know, slightly different. So I think that you can, whoever's listening, if you're listening to this, you can think about how that applies to your work and think about how you can continue to tie in your message. Um, because really our message, our, like our voice and the underlying main message that we share, that's what builds trust and repeating that again and again, because people need repetition to remember what we stand for, right? It's part of our our branding really. Um, so yeah, that's sort of <laughs> a long-winded answer to that question, but it's just an example of how I've been able to apply it. And, um, I really think that, um, many businesses can make that apply to their own, their own goals. Fantastic. You've said a, a few things and I'm, I'm just kind of taking notes as we talk. Um, something that that stood out was maximizing and how podcasting allows you to maximize a lot of the work you're doing. And I can't agree with you more. You can shoot one podcast and the content that comes out of it can be turned into multiple marketing avenues for people to be able to explore. Um, you can really create a lot of maximum value out of a good 20 minute conversation that just continues to blow me away of how we can continue to share content, whether it's videos or text or whatever it may be, whether it's in newsletters or social, um, it turns into learning opportunities to be able to continue to pay it forward for others that may have a particular need. And then something else that, that you talked about, and this was something that um, reminds me of, of Tiffany Bova, of one of the earlier podcasts that I had, but she would go out and podcast and write books and do all this great stuff. And it really did tie into the personal branding of her and the value that she provided. And a lot of times, you know, we can be in corporate 
And we may be looking for other ways just to continue to, to grow ourselves and being able to um, tell our story and to be able to share these successes and share with people how we're growing um, is a great way to just reconfirm who we are as a brand and then also be able to bring people along with the journey. And um, the, the third thing that, that really stood out with, with building trust that you just shared was, you know, you, you pivoted your business and you pivoted your business in response to what you're hearing from your customer and what you're continuing to learn and how are you going to keep them engaged along the way. Customer voice is just vital today. Like if we're not capturing what the customer is experiencing and using their language, a lot of times um, I work as an executive coach and I may have a group that calls it building talent. I have another group that says building the team. Well, I'm going to be sure I use the right words with the right people. We're doing the same thing, but when we can capture their voice, it just makes it, you know, just that much more seamless. And I would love for you to talk about how, how you pivoted in the business to respond to customer needs and really capture what that customer voice is. I think, I think we, I mean, I could talk all day about customer voice. So I want to hear from you. Tell me about customer voice and uh, what are your thoughts around capturing all that good stuff? Yes, this is such a fun question. So I think capturing voice, capturing a customer's voice, it sounds it sounds so simple, right? It sounds like, oh, well, you know, you just go and listen to them and and that's it, right? But it really requires putting yourself in your customer's shoes, really, which takes time. It's not something that you can just go and do in, you know, in one 20 minute video. <laughs> so it really requires putting in the time, putting in the work to immerse yourself in your customers' shoes and in their day-to-day lives. Like what is it that they think about when they first wake up in the morning? What are are, are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? What, you know, what makes them excited? Like how do they get excited to start their day? And then as they're going about their day, what are the things that they're thinking about? Do they serve clients? Like, what are they thinking about for their own clients? And then, you know, same thing at the end of the night. Like, what is it that, like, how do they wrap up their day? What is it that makes them feel like, wow, okay, like that was a good productive day. That was a good day. So these are all things that I like to think about, right? And what are the things like, and for example, excitement, right? Like how do they show excitement in their content? Um, just to share like one example, um, I have a, had a client who um, she's a, a mindset and business coach and, you know, just some of the like the things that she says at certain times, you know, I've been able to kind of get used to it. And then I find myself talking like her sometimes and I'm like, oh, this is something that she would say. Um, but it's just funny because the more that you immerse yourself in someone's content and um you really get to learn who they are and like how they would talk you kind of start to act like them a little bit so that's that's kind of funny um but yeah so definitely to be able to really get to know your your ideal client ideal customer it's about learning about them as much as you can and i think that now in this day and age it's you know the technology that we have too is so helpful that it doesn't have to take as long as it used to, especially now with artificial intelligence, um, which I'm still I'm still kind of learning about all that. But it's um, it's something that you know 
can be delegated. It's something that can be taught. So it doesn't have to be something that, you know, one person has to, you know, bear the burden of doing all of the getting to know the customer um, and, you know, putting all, in all the time on by themselves. Yeah, when you talk about the customer experience and really mapping it out, it reminds me of my days yet again when I was in banking. We would go, I would go follow the dollar around the building and we needed to understand what was going on with the dollar. In this particular example that comes to mind, it's a doctor's office. They have 15 different locations around the state and they have their processing, their payment processing in one admin office and it's still all the doctors in there in this particular office. And my job was to go understand where the money was coming and where it was going. And so it's as simple as being with them side by side, where you, you take the dollar deposit or the check that comes in the mail or the person standing at the counter and you watch them receive the money and you watch the interaction and you watch their pain points that they're having. Of, oh my gosh, I have to go into the system and it's, I got to do that. And then I have to repeat the same process over here for this different system because that one goes to the accountant, but this one goes to inventory and you begin to see their pain points and following that money. And then they're like, I don't know what to do with this check. So they open up a drawer and there's a drawer full of checks that have not been cashed. I'm like, y'all got to create an account just for the drawer full of checks and figure (laughs) out where to post it later. And so you learn so much when you go out and you, you spend time with customers and just Um, begin to feel their pain points and watch their facial expressions of like, oh man, every time this check comes in from this insurance company, we never know what to do with it. And you're just like, you see the energy drain, like what you're saying, you wake up in the morning, are you happy about going to work? Or you're like, oh my God, I got to go figure out how to reconcile these checks that nobody knows how to fix. And so you get to see their highs and their lows throughout this experience. And that really is how you're able to, um, be able to capture that customer voice, like what you're talking about. And um, it does sound simple, like what you said, but there's so few people that are really capturing it and doing something with it and taking action to serve the customer. And I think that ties into, you really got to be confident in what you're doing and confident in the services that you're providing. And, you know, I've seen your background, you've, you've started a few businesses. You've also works with some large corporates um, in regards to process improvement and data research. And like, you've seen all kinds of amazing opportunities come and go and to continue to have this resilience and insight and, and questioning and providing value. It takes confidence in yourself. It takes confidence in, in the world that, that you have around you. Do you mind talking a little bit about that confidence? And maybe if you've got an example or two, because for business to continue to thrive day in and day out, month after month, year after year, we have to have confidence in what we're delivering. And so I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Gosh, it feels like it was so long ago that I've been in corporate, but um, my last job was actually for a large publishing company, John Wiley and Sons. And um, I was a part of the the data governance team. And we worked a lot with um, with IT. We worked with, with sales. Um, we made a lot of processes and improvements. And one of the, one of the big projects, we actually were going through this really, really big project right before I left. Um, And it was basically taking everything and incorporating it into like an ERP system. I'm forgetting all the details now. This was like seven and a half years ago. Enterprise Um, resource management. Yes. I remember that. It's yeah. 
it was a large project. And I remember being in a room of, you know, mostly men (laughs) and, you know, everybody has so many ideas and, you know, I can't even remember what some of my ideas were, but I remember like, you know, raising my hand and being like, Hey, how about we do this, this way? Um, and like for my team, I remember one of the things was that it was a newer part. It was a newer department. And, um, there were nothing, there was nothing written, no processes written down, like processes there, the processes were there, but <laughs> nothing was actually recorded. So that was something that I took on. And, um, you know, I remember even like right before I left, I made sure that everything was up to date because, um, you know, it was my fear like, gosh, if somebody comes and steps into my role, they're because there, there's so many different things and things were always changing, especially with a project going on. And I'm like, gosh, they're going to be like hating themselves. Um, so I need to be able to leave them with something <laughs> that they can, um, at least some kind of guideline that they can, they can follow. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm talking a little bit about having processes, but also like just having the confidence to, um, to trust your intuition and trust your gut. If you think that you have something that could make a difference, um, or if you just, if you're noticing something that you think mm, that doesn't seem right, or, um, just any feeling that you have, it's always important to, to speak it. I feel like even if it ends up not being applicable, or even if it ends up not working out, it's almost like I always feel like I'd rather say it than be like, oh gosh, I wish I'd said that, you know? So it's, it's more one of those things like, you know, you sort of regret not, not actually doing it than like regret speaking up. I think that's true. And a lot of the CEOs I work with they're as I listen to them, they want to hire thinkers. They want to hire the people that are solving the problems and speaking up and respectfully challenging and there's something in there in this career space where we start and, and we have the questions because we're new and we're from the outside. And then as we're, we're in there a little bit longer, some I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just comfort or lack of confidence or confidence that we already know the answer because now we remember how we tried something and it failed. Um, but there's something that happens as we go throughout companies and through evolutions of, of our own growth. And if we're not aware of it, you know, we can get too comfortable and not be able to be that thought partner um, that a lot of people, I mean, they're dying to hire thought partners and people that have the confidence to raise their hand. Um, I I didn't mean to interrupt. Did you have a a thought on that? No, I'm just agreeing with you so much because I think the, the higher up you are in your company, you know, the more responsibility you have and it's like less thinking space that you have in your brain. So if you can share, if you can offload some of that to somebody who gets it and somebody who is willing to brainstorm and willing to make decisions that you trust that that's a game changer. There's, there's great benefit in having people that can just do the things and check the things off, but in actually having somebody that can help you think (laughs) and somebody who can sort of think like you, or maybe even think differently, because that's, there's also a lot of benefit in that. Um, But you know what you need, right? Like, you know what your, your company needs, whether it's somebody who thinks more like you or somebody who brings in like a whole different perspective. Um, But as long as you can kind of offload that and have that white space, that is, you know, that's a game changer. 
I would agree. A lot of the, well, all of the coaching clients that I work with, they all cringe when I say, all right, now how much time a week are you spending thinking about what you're going to be doing in this upcoming week and the upcoming quarter and what's going on? And they're like, well, I should be spending this, but I'm not spending that much time because I tend to get reactive. And so it's shifting that mind, kind of like what you talked about earlier, you work mindset um, clients is, you know, we got to change the way we're thinking along this, this process. And, you know, if you're looking for new ideas, I think what you're doing right now with podcasting and, and allowing some of these bigger companies just to kind of dip their toe in the water and to begin to experiment with podcasting and, and, you know, just date it a few times and don't commit and, and completely marry it because you may be like, whoa, that's a bigger lift. But as somebody who's been doing this going into year three, it is a much lighter lift than probably a lot of people realize. Yeah, there's a lot of work, but if you can create processes along the way, like this can grow with you. And it's like a new way to kind of um, invite some new ideas to the table and new discussions. And you get to capture the customer voice. You get to build trust with your customers, depending on if you want to interview them. Um, I just think, you know, podcasting is just a, a fun way to kind of re-energize some established processes and established relationships that are there and possibly leverage those to, to take them into places that you don't even know exist today. Um, as we kind of wrap up, do you have any, you know, last thoughts around, um, you know, podcasting and people that may be new getting into it that may have that, that bigger background? Um, and they're like, God, I don't know. It sounds like it's really time consuming and expensive. How do I even get started? Like, what are some maybe two or three tips that you might have for them? Yeah. So I think the first tip definitely, definitely is to make sure that you're realizing that podcasting is a long-term strategy. So if you're looking for a quick turnaround on something, podcasting might not be the best, the best thing to focus on. But if you realize that sharing your company's message, nurturing your, your clients, nurturing potential clients, and elevating your brands, whether it's your own personal brand or the company's brand or both, then podcasting can be phenomenal for the business, for the company. And um, yes, it could be, it can definitely be time consuming, especially if you're bringing on guests and especially if you're also going out and uh, marketing yourself on other podcasts, it can definitely be time consuming. But again, the, the, it just, the, the, the benefits are tremendous over time. It pays off dividends and um, it just, really helps to elevate the brand in a very authentic way. I use the word elegantly a lot in my messaging because to me, podcasting is such an elegant way of sharing your message. Um, you know, there's so many different things that somebody can do to message or to, you know, try to grow th their leads. Um, but to me, podcasting is great because you can you know, you can have an idea of what you want to talk about. You present yourself the way that you want to present yourself and you're sharing value. I mean, that is just, it's phenomenal. When you do that consistently, it goes back to that trust, that consistency that helps build that trust with your ideal people. So, um, yeah, definitely. If you are looking to, you know, elevate your brand, elevate the company's brand, you have an important message that you want to share and you want to add to the company's bottom line. Podcasting is a, is a no brainer. 
Thank you so much for sharing your story. Do you mind um, letting us know where do we find more about you if people have questions and they want to reach out? Also, do you mind sharing the name of your podcast and where we can find that as well? Yeah, so the podcast is The Elevated Femmes Movement, and I actually have a few episodes, 56 through 58, that talk about um, things to think about before you start your podcast, and also um, forgetting the exact names of the podcast, but there's one episode that if you already have a podcast, it helps you think about how you can maximize the time that you're putting into it and the content and all of that. Uh, So definitely check out those three episodes. And you can find me, my website is juliamhickman.com. It is getting revamped. It is live, but it's, you know, if you, um, maybe by the time this goes live, it it will be all done. Um, And yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So if you just search my name, Julia Hickman, you can find me on there too. This is fantastic, Julia. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Julia Hickman, you are the founder of Julia Hickman and Co. You are found on the web at juliahickman.com. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Catherine. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.